All right. Well, Battlehawks fans, it's been a while, but we are back, and we really wanted to get in some uh, Battlehawks football talk, considering the fact that there won't be a whole lot to talk about for a while, but uh, we wanted to just get a little refresher in for fans and talk about uh, – you know, perhaps what the XFL can do coming back, uh, some of the plans that um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Redbird Capital have uh, talked about in terms of coming back. But um, as far as we know for right now, uh, XFL COO, uh, Mr. Polak, said that they aim to be back by spring 2022. And what a lot of fans have complained about is, oh, well, why 2022? And, uh, well, I, th- I think it's pretty simple. I mean, coronavirus, and a lot of people are probably going to be like, oh, well, coronavirus, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Well, it's kind of a big deal to the XFL because, yes, there are a lot of, you know, sports that are letting in a limited number of fans. The problem is the XFL isn't a league that can afford to only let in limited fans. They need all the revenue they can get as a startup league. So if you can't if you can't have a full stadium, then they're just not going to attempt to go at all because that's exactly how you set yourself up for failure. Uh, but by the way, I'm joined by Connor as always. So uh, Connor, anything you have to say uh, about that? No, not really. It's just uh, simple business sense. Uh, they are taking what they have been given, and uh, luckily for them, they have the hindsight of xfl 2020 and f and xfl 2000 uh obviously xfl 2020 did a lot of things better and uh but they have uh they're not going to push forward uh and try to risk it with the coronavirus which is what killed xfl 2020 uh xfl 2020 would probably still be uh at the uh at the same level that it was when it ended uh, well, you get what I mean. I'm saying that it would still be around and Vince McMahon would still be running it uh, if it wasn't for the coronavirus. I'm honestly surprised that Vince McMahon kind of cowered out and uh, sold it. I feel like that's a very un-Vince McMahon type thing to do. He's never been one to really back down ever before. So I'm really stunned that he sold it in the first place especially given the fact that the XFL was kind of his baby and he uh, has uh, turned over some of the control of the WWE to his daughter and Triple H. So you'd think he'd have time to do it, but maybe he's just getting up there in age and he's just tired of football. But I'm really happy with the people who bought the XFL. Uh, When it was originally up for sale, I was really hoping that Uh, Honestly, the buyers I wanted to see were the NFL itself. I feel like who better to buy a football league than the National Football League? And I wanted to see them uh, bring it back as a minor league, which is what the AAF was supposed to be. And the AAF might not be completely dead, but it probably is. Uh, There's some rumblings that it might come back, but most of that has pretty much died down. Uh, There were rumors of a merger between the XFL and AAF when the XFL was up for sale. But ultimately, the final business deal ended up being uh, the XFL went to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And uh, very happy that he's the one that bought it. I feel very confident in his 
uh, future for the league. Uh, he is a failed football player, and his dream growing up was to be a football player, and he played defensive end at the University of Miami, so obviously he had talent, but he fell through the cracks. Obviously, it worked out for him, but there's just so many players, like so many legitimately good players that fall through the cracks, and that's his goal with the XFL is to make it so that uh, those players who fall through the cracks can get their jobs back. And one of uh, the really reassuring things that I've been seeing uh, just from their Twitter posts and just like little rumors here and there uh, and just their interactions with people is it seems like uh, there's going to be a lot of familiarity with the league. Uh, such as they are uh, praising guys like Cardell Jones. Cardell is currently unemployed, but the last thing he did was he played uh, with the Washington Def- or my bad DC Defenders of the XFL. So they're still kind of keeping an eye on some of these former XFL guys. And then The Rock has added all eight XFL helmets to his home office. And that confirms that your St. Louis Battlehawks are back. Yeah, a lot to unpack there. So starting off with what you were talking about with Vince McMahon, I really felt like the writing was on the wall for him when the coronavirus hit and the league shut down. Uh, I don't really think he had the drive to keep it going. Um, I, I feel like he just put the money money in. He said, let's do this. And uh, due to unforeseen circumstances, uh, he just did not have the willpower to be able to deal with it. So he's like, all right, I'm shutting everything down. I'm selling the league. I don't want to do it anymore. And I feel like it really went into the right hands with Dwayne The Rock Johnson because, you, like you said, he can really relate to the, ki- the kind of players that the XFL is looking for as these people who have fallen through the cracks. And we saw it when the XFL last shut down. Several players from the XFL signed – NFL contracts. Um, a couple in particular, Jordan Tamu, uh, who a lot of people listening are familiar with, uh, Battlehawks quarterback, got signed to the Chiefs practice squad and has found a home there. Um, and then another one is PJ Walker, the former Roughnecks quarterback, signed a fully guaranteed deal with the Carolina Panthers, and he's currently backing up Teddy Bridgewater, which I think is awesome. Uh, but there were a lot of players that ended up getting NFL contracts, which is amazing. And yeah, we were unsure if all the original teams from the XFL were going to come back. But uh, you mentioned Rock. Uh, the Rock posted a photo to his Twitter that showed uh, all the XFL helmets displayed in his office. And I feel like that uh, is kind of um, the Rock showing commitment to um, bringing the league back uh, right where it left off. Yeah, from a short-term financial perspective, it's the right decision, but I am very, very scared of what the long-term effects of uh, bringing the XFL back to those eight cities are, because Mm -hmm. obviously the Battlehawks were the cash cow of the league. Even if uh, seven teams changed, you could have probably bet that we'd be back here talking about St. Louis football and some form or another, whether that be the Battlehawks or another St. Louis team, just because of the hype surrounding them. But what what I'm really concerned about is the other seven teams, specifically the Los Angeles Wildcats. Uh, I'm going to be honest, when they announced the XFL cities, I was pissed. All of them 
were terrible cities except St. Louis. And I think that was kind of proven, you know, St. or the Battle Hawks signed a deal with local McDonald's to get their own like Battle Hawks combo pack or something. Uh, there's like a sports bar that became dedicated to the Battle Hawks. You know, you have us who uh, talked about the Battle Hawks. You didn't really see other uh, teams having somebody who was dedicated to that certain team. And that's because uh, we don't have a football team uh, here. I say here, but well, I'm in Kansas City. You're in St. Louis. And I, you know, well, you know what they say is that spite football is the best football, and that's what we've seen in St. Louis with the whole Cronky ordeal. But you look at some of these cities like um, L.A. and New York that got teams, and it's like, why? Because they don't really have any fan support or nothing like that. And it's just kind of depressing to see. But you got these other cities like uh, Syracuse and Oklahoma City that are cl- that reportedly wanted teams but um back to my point spite football is the best football like put teams in oakland put teams in san diego that have other owners that they want to piss off uh for leaving their place and you know it's just it's sad because you don't want these guys playing in front of an empty crowd in a startup league it's discouraging uh and i know why they did it for like la and new york and stuff i mean they wanted the tv deals and that's where you get them is in the big markets but it just it's it sucks to see i mean put a team in san antonio put a team in nebraska uh birmingham uh the iron were really successful in the aaf uh that's a good place i mean they love pro sports and all they have is alabama football so it's just uh, yeah if they want to be sustainable they have got to put teams in places where you know there's engagement from the fans because without engagement from the fans you're not going to last very long you know it's yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all there is to say about that. Yeah, uh, but I don't know how sustainable that success is in cities outside of St. Louis. And, right. you know, like I said, short-term success, it makes sense because the XFL is going in 2022 is going to be new. It's going to be exciting. And But the problem is, how long are you going to get people to go to uh, Dignity Health uh, Sports Park to go watch a football team when there's already two football teams in L.A. that nobody cares about? And Yeah, L.A. Uh, doesn't support football to begin with, but especially when it's bad football, there's so many other things to do in L.A. that if you're not worth watching, no one's going to come out. If you're not the Lakers, Dodgers, or Kings, pack it up. Uh, but right. I think the solution is staring them right in the face, and it bothers me that they didn't do it. Because like you said, the best football is spite football. People were chanting, uh, I think they were chanting fuck Cronky in, uh, while they were tailgating at the Battlehawks game. You yeah. can do that three times. You can put a team in Oakland and have them chant fuck Mark Davis, and then you can put them in San Diego and have them chant fuck Spanos. So now you have three markets like St. Louis, and oh look, they're both in California. There's your TV contract. And then uh, for the Alliance of American Football, you uh, touched on it. Birmingham was a good market. San Antonio Mm -hmm. had better attendance than the Chargers that year. Look it up. The San Antonio Commanders had better attendance than the Los Angeles Chargers. It's amazing. And then the Orlando Apollos also got a lot of success. Uh, So 
there's three more markets right there. And then the very little known United Football League um, had a team that was called the uh, Omaha Nighthawks. And they had great attendance and they were literally the only team that broke even. So Omaha is another city that's proven they support football. And then if you want to go a big city, you go Chicago. They love the Bears in Chicago. Or if you want to go a city that already has an NFL team, it's Chicago. Because Chicago already has an NFL team. And Chicago has proven they can support two teams with the Cubs and White Sox of the same sport. Uh, exactly. Yeah, you, you really hit the nail on the head. Uh, if the XFL wants to be sustainable, they really need to reconsider the cities in which they put teams. But um, if there's anyone that knows how to market, that knows how to put entertainment and football together, it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So I have faith that he'll do a good job with the league. I think he's someone who really wants to do this. Um, you know, he's done a lot of movies in his career. He's done a lot of the WWE. He's kind of, uh, he's kind of steered away from that I think he wants to move on to something new, and I think this is something he's really excited for. I mean, you see him working out, he's wearing like, like XFL gear, posting it on Twitter. This dude is really invested, and that's why I have faith that the XFL will be here to say next time. Well, I have done extensive research on uh, failed football leagues, uh, mm-hmm. such as off the top of my head. Or I'm just going to spitball a couple of the reasons why some of them failed and uh, work into uh, how the XFL uh, version 3 will be able to overcome that. Off the top of my head, United States Football League failed because uh, they moved from the spring to the uh, fall to take on the NFL because Donald Trump wanted to ma- or wanted to take the NFL head on and that killed them. And then XFL 2000 failed because the uh, on-field football product was not there. Uh, the Alliance of or the United Football League failed because they didn't have hardly any uh, anybody broadcasting. And once again, it was in the fall, so people were watching the NFL. Then the Alliance of American Football, which is by far my favorite sports league ever. Uh, I enjoyed AAF football more than NFL football, believe it or not. They did everything right, except for they made a deal with the devil because they didn't have any money. And then Tom Dundon uh, shut the league down because he wasn't making enough money, uh, which is just terrible asset management on the part of Charlie Ebersol and Bill Pullian. And then you have the XFL 2020, which... They avoided the fate of the USFL and UFL by playing in the spring. They avoided the fate of the first XFL by having a good on-field football product. And they avoided the fate of the AAF by having a billionaire backer in Vince McMahon. But then Mm -hmm. Corona shut him down. So then Vince bailed. But now for the XFL 2020, hopefully there's no sporadic pandemic that ruins the league in its first year. But it has the blueprint of how spring football has been tried and failed so many times, and I really want it to succeed. And I truly think that it can succeed because you've seen how everyone else fails. You have so many blueprints of what not to do. It right. Just do it. 
Right. And the XFL has went down twice now. And again, a lot of it has to do with coronavirus. You can't really blame XFL 2020 for going down. But you have a lot to look at where you can say, huh, this is where this league went wrong. And this is where this league went wrong. So let's do something different this time around. And I think that the XFL was really well marketed. And it was, I mean, people forget the Battle Hawks were outdrawing the St. Louis Blues. Uh, in a lot of their games, which is something that's unfathomable in the city of St. Louis. But uh, that was during their Stanley Cup run, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it, it, well, it was it, it was the reigning Stanley Cup season. So, uh, I mean, a lot of people were keeping their eye on them for sure. But um, now that we've kind of gotten uh, through the gist of uh, the current state of the XFL, uh, to get specifically into the Battle Hawks, so. Yes, the Battle Hawks are coming back, and we assume they will be the Battle Hawks. They will keep the same name. They will keep this. And if the XF, and I said this on my uh, last article about the Battle Hawks, but if they want continuity, the best move is to keep it the way it was because you have a lot of people walking around with Battle Hawks gear. You have a lot of people that have already, you know, backed the team name, that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, there's people that have uh, Battle Hawks jerseys. It's it's crazy, but. Um, yeah, if they really want continuity, that's what they'll do. But I think an interesting talking point is uh, the St. Louis Soccer Stadium for the MLS team they're getting. Um, it's projected to be finished by 2023. And assuming the XFL starts back up in 2022 as planned, uh, I think it would be really cool to see um, the Battlehawks play in an outdoor venue in St. Louis uh, in the spring when that soccer stadium is finished. You see, I feel like there's a couple issues in there. Uh, first being, you know, I talked about how the cities that the XFL in is stupid, specifically LA, and how they should uh, relocate some of their teams and jump ship, if you will. But uh, the problem with uh, playing at the St. Louis Soccer Stadium would be uh, the... Uh, stadium deal they signed a contract with the uh, what is it the edward jones dome Uh, and they're probably going to fulfill the contracts like the other teams in the stupid markets are and i don't know i kind of like the idea of the battle hawks playing in their own stadium that uh, i would love to see them kind of be able to make it their own Uh, Because, you know, if you put them in the soccer stadium, all the writing on the wall and the gift shop and everything is going to be directed towards St. Louis FC or whatever it's called. But if you put them in the dome, then you might be able to put up like murals of Jordan Tayamu or I don't know who else is Kenny Robinson, maybe. Uh, But I just think it'd be more beneficial if the Battlehawks could really have a place to make their home. But if uh, it would also be cool to see them play outdoors, like you said, uh, obviously well, that it could be kind of like one of those like things where you know like how in the NHL they have like the uh, outdoor special or whatever it is, and they'll have it in like Bush Stadium or something. I think they could do something like that, which would be pretty cool. But I definitely agree with what you're saying about how uh, the Edward Jones Dome is exclusive to the Battlehawks; no one else lives there, so they can kind of make it their own, uh, have the Battlehawks brand and all that stuff and uh 
for as old as the uh, Edward Jones Dome is, uh, it's still a pretty decent venue. Um, it's built to have a football field in there, and we saw it. It was to me, it was pretty vis- visually appealing on TV uh, back when the XFL was still. It running. was nice to see somebody back there. Yeah, uh, for sure. And- well, and not to mention the fact that it's a dome uh, makes the crowd presence so much more. Uh, what's the word? It's just it's so much more in your face. It's it's awesome. Yeah. And like I said, if they're going to be moving from the Edward Jones Dome to the new soccer stadium, then I better see the Los Angeles Wildcats playing their games at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. It just proves that they don't care about the stadium contracts and they should go to markets where it makes sense. You know, Alamo Dome, Alameda County Coliseum, Qualcomm, off the top of my head, those are places where the XFL needs to be played. For sure. And uh, uh, continuing on the Edward Jones Dome and the St. Louis uh, impact. So uh, a lot of people, if you remember, uh, they were actually planning on opening their upper deck for the uh, the L.A. the L.A. game that was supposed to be at the Edward Jones Dome before the season shut down. And it was really unfortunate because they were just opening that up and they were selling tickets for the upper deck. But um I hope people know that, unfortunately, when the XFL starts back up, they can't just go right back to opening up the upper deck. Um, And uh, we didn't really mention this earlier, but Kurt Hunziker, the former team president, he's expressed interest in becoming the uh, Battlehawks team president again, and I assume it will be him. Uh, But And also uh, COO uh, Polak said that they will start the hiring process again uh, later this year. And I expect Hansiker to be in the mix for uh, XFL Battlehawks uh, team president. But uh, anyways, yeah, it's not going to go right back to uh, full upper decks, uh, all that stuff. Uh, I think it's just going to be that lower bowl starting out because, um, like I said, the XFL just starting out, uh, the, the operating costs, they have to be really conservative about it because if they open up the upper deck and it's not the same turnout they were expecting, uh, well, then that's how you lose money, and they just won't be able to do that until the fans can come out and make a statement first. So, Battlehawks fans, when the XFL does come back, make sure you buy those tickets quick. And I swear to God, if when they restart uh, the hiring process, if they decide to bring back offensive coordinator Chuck Long, <laughs> I'm going to hope the league goes under. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chuck Long... It just it's it's so weird because he ran the ball so dang much when they didn't need to, and it was just so ironic to me that a guy with the name Chuck, like, chucking it long, like he 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 just insisted on running it up the middle, uh, thirty times a game. Yeah. Uh, speaking of coaching, assuming that they don't go back to Jonathan Hayes, I don't know what Jonathan Hayes is doing nowadays. But who would you like to see be the head coach of the St. Louis Battlehawks football team? Man, that's a really good question. And it's tough to find a real a realistic option, really, because of the fact that uh, you don't know who would be willing to take an XFL job. But um, I, let me go ahead and ask you your idea first. And I have a feeling like I know what your first idea would be, but go ahead and say it. So I've thought it over. And essentially, I feel like Dwayne The Rock Johnson is going to be able to pay uh, decent money, right? Uh, in, for the first XFL, we saw 
all the money go into Bob Stoops and Mark Trussman's salary. So I expect to have a couple splashy coach names. And, uh, but I feel like the rock is going to look for NFL experience and just really experience in general, because these are going to be young guys that are coming up and these are going to be young guys that he's going to want to, um, be able to get back to the NFL. And, uh, with the idea that the goal is to coach these guys up back into the NFL, two names come to mind if we're going to play region. Because if you're going to play region for Missouri, first name that comes to mind is former Missouri head coach Gary Pinkle. Uh, Gary Pinkle turned three stars into first-round NFL draft picks. He knows how to develop players, and he's a player's coach. People love playing for him, and that might make it easier to persuade some uh, players to come to the XFL if you say... Uh, you can reach out to former Missouri players and say, hey, you want to come play for Coach Pinkle again? That could be a benefit of uh, having Gary Pinkle be the coach. But I don't know health-wise if he's ready to come back to coaching. Uh, I feel like it's a lot easier being an XFL coach than being the head coach of a Power 5 football team. But I digress. And then the other name, I don't know how realistic this name comes to mind is, but I would really love to see it. Bill Cower, uh, hmm. Super Bowl winning head coach with the Pittsburgh Steelers and former Chiefs defensive coordinator. He was really good when he was in Kansas City, and Kansas City fans still love him. So that's why I'm uh, grouping him in with the region. And, you know, you might say, why would a Super Bowl winning coach want to come coach for the XFL? But my thought process is. Coach Cower has shown interest in coming back to coaching, and I think he. But I also think he's really happy with his current uh, coaching gig, uh, or not coaching gig, his current broadcast gig at I believe it is Fox. But if he becomes the head coach of the uh, St. Louis BattleHawks, he gets the opportunity to. He probably wouldn't take it super seriously, but uh, he's expressed interest in wanting to coach again, so he would be able to coach again. And uh, he'd be able to – he knows what it takes, or he knows what these players need to do to get back to the NFL. So, like I said, I don't know how realistic it is, but I feel like Bill Cower would be uh, my pick or who I'd go after for the Battle Hawks head coaching gig. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh uh, and like you said, uh, he would maybe want to look for uh, the league would maybe want to look for young guys for uh, its head coaching positions. But I think uh, you definitely need your mix of uh, retreads in there. Um, so names I would consider former uh, XFL coaches from the last run were uh, Steve Spurrier and uh, Bob Stoops, I think would both be really good options. But um, thinking about it and talking about it, I feel like uh, other good options would be uh, – like former quarterbacks, offensive-minded type guys. Like, uh, like I, I don't know how realistic this name is, but we talk about Chase Daniel really wanting him to become a coach. Like, if he were to, if he were to retire within the next few years and become the coach of the Battle Hawks, I feel like that would be a really cool draw. Or someone like Aaron Murray that used to play for Georgia, someone like that. I feel like those are like really interesting names. But I feel like they would want to play. Yeah, and that's the problem is that I don't know what the timeline looks like for those guys. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, just I, I feel like the some of the names that we've heard before would be right back in the mix, uh, like Spurrier and uh, Stoops. Uh, excuse me for that pause there. But uh, moving on to a lot of the players. So the XFL hasn't really discussed how they're going to do this. I don't know if they'll allow players from the last XFL league to freely sign with teams, and then they'll uh, have another draft uh, to supplement the players that have uh, since moved on to other things. Uh, how would you go about bringing players back to the XFL? Would you just would you start from scratch again to have a whole draft, or what would you do? Well, that's what the XFL did the first time. They had a start-from-scratch draft, but they had a couple quarterbacks assigned to various teams. Like they assigned Jordan Te'amu to the Battlehawks for the simple purpose that Jordan Te'amu was a young, flashy quarterback who's going to put butts in seats. And they mm-hmm. put Aaron Murray on the Tampa Bay Vipers because uh, he's a local kid there. And they put Matt McGloin on the... Uh, guardians uh because i think he had connections to the coaching staff but that's not what i would do what i would do is i would do what the ironically enough aaf did i do exactly what the aaf did and i would ma- uh, match players by region uh and then just go from there i would put uh each player in the region that most makes sense and then after that uh after a certain deadline when I've already assigned all the players to where they need to go, uh, have a waiver system. So obviously there's the teams in the Southeast are going to be better because you're going to want, they're going to be full of sec kids. Uh, but I think that that's kind of the goal. You're going to want to have player familiarity. That's something really important. You don't want to have people going out to these games and going, who the hell is this guy? Uh, that's one of the things that you could really do to make the team in LA work. You know, it's a really stupid, it's really stupid to put a team in LA, but hell, if you could get Josh Rosen to be the quarterback for LA, you get all the UCLA fans out there watching him. So just fill that LA team with PAC 12 guys, you know, uh, they hate NFL football, but they love, uh, USC and UCLA football out in California. So that's the move to get butts and seats, player familiarity. Uh, and unfortunately right. for us, your St. Louis Battlehawks quarterback would probably end up being Kelly Bryant. Well, honestly, I would actually like that move a lot. Now, I know a lot of Mizzou fans have uh, sour tastes in their mouth from the last half of the Kelly Bryant run, but I feel like he would make for a really good XFL quarterback. He has, uh, seeing has, he hasn't been – he hasn't been able to land an NFL job. I feel like the XFL would be uh, an option for him, and he wants to play football. Uh, I think the Battlehawks would be a good spot for him, and he's kind of a Jordan Tamu type of player, kind of that dual threat. But um, the thing is, is like you said, uh, when you're the XFL, you have to worry more about what's going to get fans uh, in the seats, uh, watching on TV more so than the actual football product. So you're going to have to get a lot of guys that, you know, have local ties. And, you know, that's why I think they should bring back guys like uh, Marcus Lucas and LaDamian Washington, who were kind of hometown heroes for uh, Mizzou, uh, and they ended up being battle hawks. Uh, That's something that, like I said, the uh, XFL really needs to keep a lot of continuity if they want to last again. Uh, Or, I mean, they didn't last last time, so I can't say last again, but you get what I'm saying. 
so I feel like you just you need those local guys, even if it means uh, uh, worst player. Like for example, uh, who, who was the uh, Orlando team's quarterback last time? I forget. Garrett Gilbert. Yeah, like Garrett Gilbert. No one really there cares about Garrett Gilbert. Now, is Garrett Gilbert a better quarterback at this point than Tim Tebow? Probably. But if you put Tim Tebow on a Florida team, I guarantee your ratings will be through the roof. Garrett Gilbert uh, ended up being a very well-liked quarterback just because he was good. But uh, immediately names that come to mind for the XFL are Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is always going to be in shape. I don't know how old he'll be. He'll probably be in his mid to late 30s. But let's be honest, it's Tim Tebow. He doesn't even have to play that much. Stick him on the Tampa Bay Vipers, butts are going to be in seats. Another one right. is Johnny Football. You put Johnny Football on either, either the Dallas Renegades or the Houston Roughnecks, Texas A&M fans will drive to go see him. So, Well, and you see uh, from last time, uh, Cardell Jones, uh, he played for the D.C. Defenders, correct? Yes. Well, I remember reading that uh, last time that uh, more people from the state of Ohio tuned into that game than in D.C. You know why? Cardale Jones in Ohio State. Exactly. Like, you just need to get marketable stars. And, you know, uh, he's really controversial. I don't think that he's really good enough to be in the NFL. But one name that you have to look at is Colin Kaepernick. You know, he's a big name. People know who he is, and he's going to get people talking about the XFL. Now, some people are probably going to say, oh, I'm going to boycott the XFL. But more people are going to say, yeah, that's my guy Kaepernick. I'm going to watch. And so you just need these big names that just happen to play football to uh, put on your jersey and sell merch. Now, uh, yeah. I know the AAF and XFL tried to sign uh, guys like Kaepernick and Tebow, but I know Kaepernick wanted a hefty amount of money, like twenty million dollars, and Tebow was already happy with his minor, or with his then minor league baseball gig. Uh, so neither of them ended up going to the XFL or AAF. Uh, but those are just big name guys you have to look at. Yeah, personally speaking, I feel like Kaepernick. Uh, I, I I'm one of those people who I I believe that his ultimate goal is not to play football again. I don't think that was ever his goal. But uh, you make a really good point because not only will you have the people who are Kaepernick supporters per se tuning in, but uh, whether people want to admit it or not, there's going to be a lot of Kaepernick haters tuning in just to see it if he sucks or not too. Yeah, uh, you know, like I said, uh, same thing goes for Tebow. Uh, Tebow was kind of the pre-Kaepernick. You know, uh, except for instead of politics, his controversy was religion. So Tebow mm -hmm. and Kaepernick, two polarizing figures. You either love Tebow or you hate Tebow. You either love Kaepernick or you either hate Kaepernick. Those are the type of names you need. Johnny Manziel, another one. Uh, he wasn't political or religious, but he's still pretty polarizing. Uh, right. And another example of local guys having success is I think the majority of people who went to the Birmingham Iron Games didn't really care about the Birmingham Iron. They more so cared about Trent Richardson, who was an Alabama legend. Right. Yeah, definitely. So continuity in the league, uh, marketable superstars uh, is definitely what they need to go for. But 
Uh, I feel like we kind of touched on everything that fans had questions about and such uh, heading into. Listen up, Dwayne. We know what you're. We know what we're doing, Mister Rock. Have it. You just let us take over. Yeah, uh, Mister Rock, if you're listening, uh, please consider us uh, what we're saying, and uh, maybe uh, hit us up, and we'll try to get you on the show to talk about it. But um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for this. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see y'all next time. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your host here, Josh Fan. Thanks for listening. And make sure that you check out www.showmefootball.com for much more Battlehawks, Mizzou, and Cheese content, plus a whole lot of other stuff. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see y'all next time.